So this is about two years down the road. You are living in sunny Los Angeles, California. Okay. Still doing comedy. Thank God. But lately, you've been really into music. You know, you're having flashbacks of uh, playing it in a, in a band in high school, you know? Yeah. You're remembering how... Uh, you just remember the friendship that you guys had and how fun it was to just sit down and write a song with someone. Yeah. You remember about like how you were like four years older than everybody else in the band? <laughs> Which people thought was kind of odd, but you're like... They invited me to come be in the band. And these kids rock, dude. Yeah. I'm friends. So anyway. I'm friends with some of them to this day, and I'm 35. <laughs> so you're kind of like remembering that, and you're like, "Man, I kind of want to get started with that again," you know? Oh no! Uh, you, so you've been uh, working at this uh, bar. Uh, you, you've been working as a bouncer. I'm a bouncer. It's, yeah. The what? name. The name of the bar is called. Uh, the seedy pickle Ugh. is it a gay bar no that, that's okay it is on the weekends but during like the rest of the week <laughs> okay it, it's, it's actually closed like during at night and during the day it's a uh, karate studio so what am i working at i'm working at a karate studio that on the weekends turns into a a, a gay nightclub Yes. A gay men's nightclub. That, oddly enough, does not have uh, pickleback shots. Like, if you ask them for, like, if you ask the bartender, like, hey, give me a shot of whiskey, pickleback, they'll get, like, really mad at you. Why am, why am I a bouncer? Wait, am because, I? Because, you know, you're just looking for, for some extra cash on the side. Am I bouncing? How many days a week am I working there? Uh, just on the weekends. Okay. I'm not bouncing a karate thing. No. Okay. You actually are not allowed to be around there when it's a karate studio. <laughs> what do you say? I'm not allowed to be around there. Uh, one night you stayed uh, pretty late at the Salty Pickle. The scene. And you got, and you uh, you stayed uh, late. You guys kind of shut the bar place down. Yeah. Uh, you know, hung out with <clears throat> the crew. Yeah. Uh, Lefty, the bartender. Okay. Uh, there's a uh, Louis the Kid. He is the dishwasher. This place also is like serves like five star quality meals as well. It's like if like if you love to dance and you love electronic music and you like appreciate a good meal, you're coming to the salty pickle. The the chef is what? But but Monday through Friday, it's a karate studio. During the day, during the day, and then and at yeah. night. So what happened? At night, it's closed. Yeah. So what happened is, uh, <clears throat> you uh, stayed up like you stayed up for like days just doing coke. Uh, what the, the salty pickle? Fuck is going on with my life? You're you're like experimenting with stuff, man. Like you you know, growing up, you never really did a lot of drugs. So now that you're you know, 35, I won't say you're having a midlife crisis, but you're definitely like, man, what have I missed out on? You know what I mean? You went skydiving too. Uh, okay. 
halfway down uh, the back of your uh, shorts rip off. You're just bare assed. That fucking sucks. You see my, yeah. my bare ass is just hanging out. So you're trying new stuff. So you're like, you know, trying cocaine and you're like, this is pretty fun. This is actually kind of cool. You're like, I don't know if it's for me all the time, but hey, I'm, I'm glad I tried it. And then you you left. And when you walked downstairs, the karate studio was open and um, you were like, these kids don't look so tough to me. And uh, you just ran up to like challenge one kid and he just beat the shit out of you. And so you're not allowed there in the daytime anymore. Um, I get so fucked up. So anyway, so you're um, you're a bouncer, and you that, are that fucking sucks, Matt. <laughs> what do you mean? That sucks so bad that I challenge a child after several days of no sleep and hopped up on cocaine. Yeah, and they still let me stay on. <laughs> like they let me. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? You're, get... you're a good. You're a good worker. I'll give you that. So anyway, so uh, one night you're there and this uh, this band, there's like a house band. They play like covers and stuff. Uh, they're called uh, Read 'em and Sweet. Read 'em and Sweet. Yeah, the lead singer is named uh, Sweets Nasty. <sighs> that sucks. Okay, and. Uh, so you're kind of there and like you're kind of digging, you know, their music. Yeah. You kind of like it. What kind of music? It's just covers of it's covers. It's just covers of like 90s rock and stuff like that. Okay. And uh, you're like, oh, this really brings me back. Yeah. And then one night, uh, Sweets is like fucked up and doesn't come in to work. Oh, no. Sweets. What's and, going on uh, with Sweets? And you're like, uh, oh, man. You're kind of like, like everyone's pretty worried. And you're like, well. All right, you know, I got his friends check, checking on him. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh show must go on, I guess. So the band plays, and uh, they play that song, uh, Walking in Memphis. And yeah, dude. no one's, like, they don't have a singer, so they just play it, instrumental part. And you're sitting there, and you're kind of, like, tapping your feet. And, yeah. like, before you even know what you're doing, it gets to the part kind of towards the end where he goes. Oh, I know. She said, are you a Christian? I said, I am tonight. Man. Once that hits, when that part hits, I just got you, have grabbed, you have grabbed the microphone and you are sliding across the stage on your knees and you go, I said, I am tonight. And everyone just goes, huh? And everyone stops what they're doing and they look up and you fucking wreck the rest of that set, man. Yeah. Like after that song, you just turn to the guys. They're just kind of like looking at you in awe and you're like, you got you boys know any creed and so oh, and they do <laughs> your next yeah your next song is uh with arms wide open you get <laughs> into it man like at one point you sing uh you start singing like the best hits of like train and the goo goo dolls like you guys end up playing for like five hours and people stay there the entire time but what is what's going on with sweets um like is sweets it turned okay? out no. No, I don't think Sweets is going to be okay again. What happened to Sweets? So, you guys are like starting to like get kind of big. Wait. You know what I mean? So, I just take over for Sweets is what you're telling me. Yeah. What, what, what happens with Sweets? Oh, man. It is quite a tale. Basically, uh, 
Sweets got uh, high on a uh, Coke. Okay. And then uh, went down to uh, the shore and stuck up a, uh, a hood who was actually uh, being protected part of the uh, Rana ZZ family. So Sweets was and dispatched. So yeah, they... They hurt Sweets pretty bad. So, Sweets is uh, alive, but uh, he escaped by getting into like this, uh, like boat. Yeah, paddled away. Paddled away, beaten to death, but can still paddle a boat away. Not quite dead. And then the last thing they heard him yell is, um, "When you least expect it, expect it, expect it." Is he battling through a canyon? He's eaten by a shark immediately. <laughs> like he just dies. Sweet. So anyway, so you're so you're playing uh you know hits the music 90s. again. Yeah. Great. Yeah, man. And you're you're talking to the, the guys and they're like, man, this has been really fun. Like we kind of want to start writing our own material too. How do you feel about that? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, you know. How much money they're are like, we pulling in from this cover band thing? Um it you know, waxes and wanes. When it's a uh, cover band season, you guys play every single night. When's cover band but, season? Um, it's June through September. It's just how it's always been. <laughs> so, um, so like you're playing every single night when that's happening. So you that that um, period, you're making pretty decent bank. The rest of the time, it's like it's okay. You'll make at least five hundred bucks a week. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, I'm, yeah I'll but take during, that. during, okay. Cool. So, you guys are uh, playing and stuff, and you think five hundred bucks a week? Yeah, it's just like a side gig. Yeah, and that's when it's like not doing so well. When it's cover band season, it's like sometimes the most you made was like four grand in a weekend. Uh, you you uh, played it at a casino and like you were so hyped up that you went out to like the middle casino and you're like I'm putting it all on black and it is red instantaneously so you lost it all so you're kind of like that sucks but uh, no, there's always other gigs so anyway it's cover band so season, you baby yeah, yeah dude and <clears throat> right as cover band season ends pretty much in the dog days um you uh are hanging out one day yeah you know kind of like thinking to yourself like man i should like try to write my own songs too like I, you know i can do this so you to think to yourself what's the best way to write a classic make it a christmas theme so like that way every single christmas people will think of this song and it'll get airplay and i'll make even more money you know, it's a very like uh, capitalist thing of you to do. So um, you write a song. I would sell uh, out in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I would sell out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. Absolutely, I'll sell out for anything. You know. I think I would too, to be honest with you. But yeah. So you write a song uh, called uh, <laughs> "Daddy's Christmas Balls." And uh, it's a song about, uh, you know, decorating the Christmas tree. Daddy's with all the Christmas balls. 
Yeah, that's what you would call those, uh, you know, those little balls that you hang on uh, Christmas trees. Ornaments, Pat? When you're growing up? Ornaments. We call them ornaments. Yeah, ornaments. Yeah. Yeah, but well, you, you, but, call, like, them you also call them these Christmas balls. You call them that because you're, you, you inherited them all from your, the dad's side of your family. They were all uh, ornament, like artisanal artists. Like they made ornaments that could make grown men weep. And they have often. So these are like pretty intense ornaments. But for some reason, you just always called them Christmas ball, daddy's Christmas balls. And nobody uh, had the heart to tell you otherwise, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't around. So, um, so you write this song, and this is a memory of two of my it, least favorite things: my dad and Christmas. This is a this is a great place to start. So, you write uh, the song, and you guys like record it and put it out, and it blows up. Good. There's Why like a, a comedy radio station. Well, it's a, com- you know it's a comedy. comedy it's a comedy Christmas song. No, you meant it to be a very earnest memory about growing up in uh, the Midwest. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when Christmas wasn't, you know, your favorite part, time of the year. Yeah. But instead you wrote this like, you know, stupid ass song that sounds like a dumb, you know, almost like a really bad parody, even though it's not a parody of anything. So it's like, uh, hey, everybody, you better hang up on your walls. Daddy's special Christmas balls. Ooh, 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 ooh. And people just think it's a joke, clearly. Uh, and so, like, 12-year-olds all across the nation. Like, this is a pivotal moment in the history of, uh, of 12-year-olds. Because this is when, like, you know, they're really forming their sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's a thing where, you know, you hear the right record at the right time. It makes you want to be a musician or yeah. something like that. These guys heard that song and it influenced you influence a generation of 12 year olds and like years later when they're like you know 42 and they have like two kids of their own and they're all hanging out have a little reunion they're like do you remember that daddy's christmas ball song and they turn it on they listen to it again and they're like man you know what this is still funny and they just fall over laughing great i created a classic I created a touchstone comedy moment for everybody. Don't you know it's true? Daddy's Christmas balls sometimes blue, boo, 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 boo. But you have no idea that that's like a double entendre. So you just have no idea. This is about my dad getting blue balled over the holidays. That's what this song is about. I mean, I don't know. Like there's there's a marital issue, and my mom and dad aren't fucking. That's what this whole thing is about. So you cut the record, and like I said, the different uh, comedy radio stations that are that are around, they pick it up. It's on like Sirius XM stuff like that. Uh, they'll play it on like regular rock stations too. They're like, "Oh man, we just heard the funniest song ever," and they play uh, "Daddy's Christmas Balls." And uh, so anyway, so you're kind of like you're actually doing a little okay. Uh, financially, the yeah. song becomes like a smash hit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And um, but your career kind of uh takes a bit of a nosedive. Unfortunately, you were at um, you were at a, a bar hanging out. Uh, you were meeting like, you know, an old buddy who is now a he, he's a journalist. He works for Rolling Stone. 
Yeah. And you're giving an interview to him. And it's kind of really He's loud old, in that bar. old friend of mine? Like a guy yes. that I grew up with? or Yeah. What's it? Who is it? He lived down this straight from you. What? Who is it? Uh, CJ Laundry. So, um, <laughs> CJ guys, Laundry uh, got are, out. He did, yeah. And so, and that's kind of why you do the interview. Like, you're not, you're kind of notoriously press shy. So, it's kind of a big deal that this guy is like getting an interview with you. Uh, so, you uh, hang out, you decide to go back to the, uh, the Salty Pickle where it all began. And um, you're talking to him about like country music. Yeah. And you're like, man, I got to be honest with you. You're like, I like, you know, there's some good country out today, but, you know, there's a lot of it that's just, it's not, it's barely country. Like, they put like, you know, hip hop in the middle of it. And, you know, I, I enjoy hip hop. I enjoy some, some of that stuff, but it's not country, you know? We need to get this hip hop out of my country, you know? But the second you say that, uh, the music stops and everyone's kind of quiet. So all they hear you say is you shouting, we need to get hip hop out of my country. Oh. And people go like, what? And you're like, yikes. So, um, what does CJ do? <laughs> he stabs you in the back, dude. He fucking what? writes all about it. CJ, we probably rode the bus together. If you live by me, or was his, we might have walked to school together. Yeah, you think like you think that to yourself. You've never been more betrayed in your life, man. I'm never so doing another interview are, ever again. It's too bad because people really like people are upset and your uh media silence they like kind of you know go, take the story and run with it and kind of imply all this weird stuff about you and, i mean i would put a know, statement out at some point but i wouldn't like i wouldn't what would your statement say <clears throat> uh it would probably say that what was heard was part of a conversation taken entirely out of context. And I would tell them I was talking about getting hip hop music out of country music. I was expressing how I feel like the genre has changed. Uh, and then I don't think people were aware of the actual vocabulary we were using, you know? Um, yeah. And CJ laundry was right there. Probably has a fucking, recorder you know that he's recording shit on like so you put out that statement and uh people like kind of like think about it and they're like oh okay so like people believe you they're like all right it was we kind of jumped to a conclusion but still like the damage is kind of done you know what i'm saying <sighs> like it's hard, like, like like you know uh the late night talk show hosts and the stand-up comics are telling jokes about you you know what i mean man yeah, so even though people, you're cleared, it's just people are still like... I'm still canceled. It, it's like that... Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So you're kind of, uh, you know, despondent. And uh, you go back to your apartment. You uh, close the door. There's a knock at the door. What do you do? I would go to the door look through the people it's uh, a night mailman he has uh, just an envelope for you he kind of like stands there for a second and when you don't come out immediately he just kind of like 
puts it down, you know, at the uh, the foot of the door, and he just like walks away. He oh. disappears in a puff of blue <laughs> smoke. The nightmare man. <clears throat> yeah. What do you do? I get the package and I look at it. It says, "Meet us at RBM Food Mart tomorrow at five thirty. It's just a le- it's just a letter. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would go. Would you- I mean, you, I, so, I, don't, uh, I don't know you, if I would. I don't know if I would. So. You kind of don't know what to do. Uh, you go to bed. You dream of a howling void. You wake up and you're like, you slept in pretty late. Uh, it is now 4.15 p.m. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, you are very tired. I can't remember the, the last you've been, time I slept you've been, uh, you've been jacking it a lot lately and it's just been like draining. Hey. All right. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. So you're kind of worn out. So you wake up and you're like, oh, shit. And you remember the thing to like, oh, I have to go to, the, you know, mall come out the RBM of the RBM Food Mart West. <laughs> it's a franchise. Yeah, they have one in uh, Austin and they have one in L.A. RBM Food Mart West. It is a exact <laughs> copy All of right. the one that's in Austin. Great. Like even when even like they have to like coordinate stuff so that. They have like the exact same setup and stuff like that. It's like, where do you have your Cheetos? Oh, no, that's wrong. You have to move them, stuff like that. They coordinate merchandising between two poorly run convenience stores. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or no, RBM's not poorly run. It's just, you know? Yeah. It's a neighbor, it's just, na- just a neighborhood convenience store. Yeah. Yeah, but they're doing okay. So, uh, do you go to the uh, RBM West? I I don't know. I feel like this might I might take this as feeling like threatening. No, it's not necessarily written. Like you look at it, and it's not written a threatening tone. It's almost like the handwriting looks somewhat familiar. Oh, this is a handwritten note that creeps me yes. out even even more. Why? Because I feel like it's... They just want to be formal. It's 2021 20, or so at this point. Uh, yes. I, I, email me or text me <laughs> or message me on social media. Anything other than sending a <laughs> handwritten letter to my fucking door. That's not... So what do you do? I don't think but I... The go. handwriting looks somewhat familiar. There's like four sets of handwriting that I could pick. Yeah. You know? So you so you end up not going. I, yeah, uh, I don't think I go. So you kind of just uh, hang out, um, keep jacking it. Yeah. Before you before you uh, have another uh, jack sesh, you. Uh, <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> you, you turn on your Xbox and you start playing like the latest, uh, you know, big video game that's out. It's uh, it's it's called Chunks. <laughs> it's an adaptation of uh, this TV show where. Yeah. These two, these two idiots, uh, Howie and Chip, they just like chunk things. They just yeah. like break, you know, things stone or whatever. Yeah. So, and the video game's like pretty good. Like it's pretty much you just going around and chunking things. There's absolutely no plot beyond that. But it's sort of like therapeutic and relaxing. Well, that's good. So you put it on and uh, you kind of like zone out uh, and you realize it's a 501. You hear a knock on the door. What do you do? 
I go look through the peephole. So the Nightman, Nightmail Man, again? No. It's um, it's this uh woman. Okay. She looks fierce. That's the best way I can think to describe this woman. Like terrifying fierce or like Beyonce, no. Beyonce fierce? Yeah. Like just absolutely like self-confident, self-assured. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like almost like a you're lucky to be talking to me kind of thing. Once again, is this threatening? No. It's okay. just, what you, it's just what, you know, it's just I, this, her style of dress. I Okay, but she's not like like sneering at me or anything no 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 okay uh so yeah I, I think i would crack the door and say can i help you she's like hey uh aaron brooks right who's asking she's like can i i need to talk to you for a moment about about what she kind of like sighs she goes look there is no easy way for me to explain this I'm just going to lay it on the table. Something tells me you kind of have experience with, uh, you know, strange things. She goes, uh, yeah, so I uh, uh, am a representative for the Alliance of Absurd Monarchies. She's like, uh, I am the Yas Queen. She's like, uh, but also the other people involved. There's the, uh, the King of Dancing. <laughs> There's also uh, the queen of uh, angels. And there's uh, the prince of uh, ham. Is that me? No. She goes, but Aaron, and I know you probably didn't know this, but you are a descendant. You're the great, great, great 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 grandson of the lord of squirrels she goes we need your help aaron she's got thigh high boots to fucking die for my friend i don't know what that means pat i don't think i would die for any pair of thigh high boots you think that, but when you look down at her boots, you honestly can envision your, you sacrificing yourself to sh- save this woman's thigh highs. That fucking sucks. I don't give a shit about being related to the Prince of Squirrels. The Lord of Squirrels. She goes, you're the, the new Lord of Squirrels. So who she goes, cares? So she goes, so you're a member of the Absurd Monarchy Club. She goes, we need your help, brother. She goes, no. you're our brother now. You're I, our family now. I want no part of this at all. I want I want I want my life back. I want <laughs> I want to be known as not a not a racist. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't you hear I don't, like I, a I don't ting. have. You hear a ting ting ting. Someone's not kind of like tapping on your window. You look over. There's like 35 squirrels on the <sighs> window. She goes, "All right, look, Aaron." She goes, "Look, you don't have to join us officially if you don't want to." She goes, "But we need your help." She goes. The Lanolax Corporation is trying to rub us out. She's like, they want to become the new gods of this earth. She's like, I need your help. She goes, I need you to help me steal my 
scepter back. She goes, if you can help me steal back. Yeah. My Yas scepter. Yas queen. It's called the Yas Yas scepter. Yeah. If you help me get my Yas scepter back, she goes, I can undo what happened. She goes, I can make everyone forget. You go back to just being Aaron Brooks, emerging cover artist. The master of creed, they call him. Oh, like you had a gig where you just played their first uh, album in its entirety. That one had four number one hits. Yeah, dude. And when you play those songs, you remember why. Yeah. She goes, will you help us? What do I have to go get this fucking thing back? She's like, yeah. She So she explains that the Lance Corporation, they do like, you know, guided tours throughout the week. She goes, I know exactly where it is. All you have to do is right before they take you to the exhibit called what really happened on the moon. Uh, take a hard right and run up the stairs. It's on the next floor, room 132. You can't miss it. She okay. goes, please, Aaron. She goes, the fate of our universe depends on it. And how am I supposed to get it out? Just pick it up. Yeah, but what am I? I can't walk through there with a fucking staff that's not mine. She goes, you're the Lord of Squirrels. You're an absurd monarch. You'll be able to lift it and wield it. You can use it to fly away. Fine. I'll go in there. (laughs) One ticket to what really happened on the moon. And so they're like, ooh, that's a... That's a good one. And they give you like a ticket or whatever. Great. It's just a jet black ticket. Great. There's a red L on it. And you kind of like, it feels like almost like heavy in your hand. Yeah. And you look down on it and it, now it says on the ticket, you've been chosen. Your, fo- your phone rings. What do you do? I answer the phone. Hey, Aaron, this is Cindy Sausage. I'm calling from the Lanalax Corporation. You got a a minute? I'm uh, getting ready to go into an exhibit. She goes, yeah. uh, She goes, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. She goes, but uh, look, Aaron, baby, honey, doll, we know why you're here. She goes, look, she goes, we got about 30 guns trained on you right now. You can't even see them. She goes, you're clearly here to steal the scepter. We know what's going on here. You think we don't fucking know? She goes, lead me back to where you met her. Take me to the Oz Queen and we will absolve you of your treachery. <laughs> First off, I just bought a ticket to this exhibit. I I hadn't even committed to whether or not I was going to do it yet. She she goes, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so what are you going to do? I'll turn around and leave. Uh, Do you lead them back to where? No. Because I met her at my fucking house, Pat. At my fucking house. I don't want those people knowing where I live. No, but she said said to uh, like meet you at a nearby Applebee's. Oh, I thought you said where I first. Oh, okay. That's right. My bad. Well, no, I'm still not going to. I'm not going to do that to the Yas Queen. So you you run out to your uh, car. You jump in. Where do you go? 
Um, I don't know. I definitely don't go straight home. So you kind of like absentmindedly uh, drive around and you uh, find yourself driving past that Applebee's. You didn't even realize you were doing it. And you kind of like look over there and you see sitting right by the window looking fucking fierce is the Yas Queen. She kind of looks over. You guys like lock eyes and she kind of like is like, huh? And then uh, a laser beam shoots your car and it explodes. What the fuck? (laughs) They followed you. The Applebee's blows up too. (sighs) (laughs) So fucking dumb. (laughs) Everyone died. Why would you blow up an Applebee's? Because the Oz Queen was in there. So? Kill her. But not the whole bees. People, people the just trying to get the perfect marks. The newspaper the next day says, the night they brought the bees to its knees. <sighs> then underneath it, it says, uh, overweight, overweight comedian amongst those dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is felt good. 